his karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams, thanks for everything, mom and dad, will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. Nerds! Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Sometimes you need a change of pace. That includes your finances. Get smart with your budgeting with financial tips straight from the nerds. NerdWallet's trusted experts will set future you up for success by untangling today's web of financial misinformation. Learn about smart investing strategies, tax planning pointers, and travel tips to save on a fun family getaway. Maybe somewhere tropical? Spring ahead for smarter decisions in 2024. Follow NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. New year, little new open there for Drive Time with DeRussia. Nice to be back with you. I missed you guys. When you're a radio host and you take a couple of days off, what you find yourself doing is hosting a show with your friends, and they do not prefer the live version of this broadcast. It's not. <laughs> Can you imagine, like, you're just sitting, you're out, you're out for dinner with your buddy, who's had five days off of his radio show. It's like, hey, guys, let's start. Uh, And then I'm just launching hot takes and trying to see what they'll say. And, of course, I cut them off just like I do our callers, you know. That's how it goes. (laughs) I hope you had some good time off. Kind of back at it again today. If you were back at it, the people who didn't have much time off over the break are the people of uh, the restaurant and service industry in the Twin Cities. Uh, some of them have a little bit of time off now, as you may notice, some restaurants taking a couple of days off for a breather. Not the restaurants of our next guest here on this edition of DeRussia Eats. DeRussia Eats brought to you again this year by the Minnesota Pork Board and Liquor Boy. Our guests are part of one of the most interesting companies to me in the Twin Cities. Uh, 801 has opened a steakhouse and now a seafood restaurant right on Nicollet Mall. It's a group of restaurants based not in Minnesota, but I don't know if anybody is investing more in downtown Minneapolis than this company, and that's why we wanted to speak with Lawrence Kirkland, the executive sous chef at 801 Fish, and Jeremy Intelli, the executive pastry chef, at uh, both restaurants, right? 801. Uh, Jeremy, you're at 801 Fish and 801 Chop. My sweets get around, yes. Your, your sweets get around. Well, we're. I like how this interview is starting already, Jeremy. Lawrence, it's good to see you. Likewise. Good to see you as well. Uh, my wife and I were in 801 Fish, uh, had a little, little bit of happy hour. And happy hour is key to success in downtown Minneapolis. You've worked, you've worked in seafood and in downtown for a long time. Yes, I have, and I think uh, happy hour is kind of where it starts. That's a lot of people's intro uh, into certain restaurants. They want to come in, check the ambiance out. They want to just give a little small bites of taste before they kind of dive all the way in. Lawrence, how did, where did you grow up? Uh, well, I'm kind of a transplant, but I was born and raised uh, in Cleveland, Ohio. Well, you're deaf. You're a hundred percent of transplant. Yeah, it's fine. You're allowed. Like once you're here for twenty years, they'll still tell you you're not one of us. <laughs> That's, I, I'm from Chicago originally, and still, 
Yeah, I, we, we kept I get it the Midwest. Grade. Yeah, we kept it Midwest. <laughs> but uh, yeah, a lot of a lot of moving around, but mostly due to uh, just trying out new restaurants and uh, and new uh, experiences. What made you want to be a chef? You know, I I grew up uh, watching Emeril Lagasse with my mom. Uh, she was big on kind of the the jazz and and the food combination there. Oh. And uh, you know, we we all we both liked comedy and. You know, Emeril Lagasse was one of those guys who kind of was an entertainer and always threw some jokes in there, and it was kind of a whole. Uh, it was it was a, a nice vibe. So that was the beginnings of it. I think there there really is a whole generation of uh, restaurant workers, especially in the back of, back of the house, chefs, cooks, whatever, who were sort of drawn in by the excitement that that you saw on food TV. It was great. I think Food Network uh, was one of the first ones, but I think since then they've got like probably four other oh, yeah. cooking channels now. But is the reality as exciting as what what uh, those shows? Sadly, no. Absolutely <laughs> not. <laughs> but I do get a cookie for breakfast every day, so that is a nice little deal. Jeremy, you have it pretty good. What 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 was your road to becoming a pastry chef? Well, I grew up on a small dairy farm in Elk Grove, California. Um, where I would bake with my aunt. And so kind of my love of cooking was really out of necessity. Um, it was either milk cows and feed them or learn to cook. Yeah. Um, and I chose to learn to cook. I, I get it. I get it yeah. for sure. <laughs> um, baked goods always, you know, I, I always think there's an interesting sort of personality difference between a savory cook and a pastry cook. It, do you find the differences? Oh, absolutely. One of us is organized and funny and clever. And the other and one's the other me, one's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's sort of how it goes, right? Absolutely. you got to always have a little salt to your sweet, though. It's all about a good balance in the kitchen. I like to, I like to consider uh, pastry chefs more uh, chemists. And uh, we, we kind of become a little bit more of like uh, abstract artists uh, over on the hot side. Little pinch of this, splash of that. Whereas a lot of a lot of his stuff is very meticulous and and measured and weighed out. When you think about baking, you know, right now so many people have gone through like making the Christmas cookies and baking for the holidays. Baking is so tied, especially in the Midwest, to this time of year, right? Oh yeah, baking is quintessential. It invokes memories, whether they're good or bad, um, but it always brings people together with a story. So that's one of the nice things about my what. Profession. What would you suggest to the at-home baker? Like, what are what are two tips that would would instantly improve what they're doing? Oh, room temperature eggs. Room when temperature eggs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When you're like making cookies, anything creamy method that you have to add in eggs to whip butter. Room temp keeps everything nice and fluffy. Um, and then also, I mean, patience is key. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the one that people usually have the hardest time with. It's also baking. Like, it's not that intimidating. We do dashes and pinches, too, just like our savory counterparts. It's just knowing what to pinch and what to dash. Right. Yeah, you have to be pretty precise with flour. I mean, as long as your leaveners and your salt are pretty on mark for, like, most baking. Like, if you're a few grams over and some spices or some flour or some yeah. sugar, you'll be fine. It's fine. Yeah. It's fine. I it's do. Fine. I, I like to. It's all fine. Come on. And you're giving people chocolate at a, or, 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 or uh, fruit. At a certain point, it's like, just yeah. eat it. And I think a lot of people be get happy. hung up on, like, the appearance of it. And, like, your first couple things you bake are probably not going to be the prettiest things you ever make. Mm. And that's okay. Our guests on DeRussia Eats are from the 801 Restaurant Group, 801 Fish and 801 Chop House, Jeremy and Tilly. 
and Lawrence Kirkland. Lawrence, you were at Ocean Air for a long time. Yes, I was at Ocean Air for uh, almost eight years. I spent a couple years down in Houston, uh, but started here in Minneapolis. Where you were also, didn't you work as a as a private, like as a as a football team chef? Yeah, after uh, culinary school, I spent a little time in Seattle, Washington, at some hotels and resorts. I uh, managed to run into uh, one of the Seahawks players who quickly uh, got traded to the Lions. Uh, had some issues in his family. I think uh, he had a father pass from some heart conditions, so he kind of quickly refocused uh, to trying to make sure he mm. was health conscious. Uh, so he offered me a position to come on full time and move out to Detroit with him, and it was a it was a great ride. I really enjoyed that uh, part of my life. Yeah, what is that like when you're when you're cooking for really one person, but also somebody who travels probably with, with uh, it was I, I don't know celebrities or whatever, right? It was really fun. I think I had an advantage because uh, he he and I had some family friends that kind of went back, and so all it was it was very. Uh, it was very friendly amongst us two. Yeah. I think we both um, were able to laugh a little bit together, and it wasn't such a client-employee uh, kind of relationship. But uh, it was it was really really good to kind of dial into a family's needs and nutrition. Yeah, uh, you know, especially a developing family like he had. That's like a dream scenario for most people, right? To have somebody who can actually craft their their cook for them and. Yeah, I think he. Yeah, it was it was best of both worlds. I mean, I had a uh, you know lived in pretty much a mansion with like a full full bar and theater and all that good stuff downstairs. So uh, you know we pretty good for you too. Yeah, it worked out for both of us. (laughs) (laughs) Lawrence Kirkland, uh, that is who you just heard, the executive sous chef for Eight Hundred One Fish, and Jeremy Antelli is the executive pastry chef for Eight Hundred One Fish and Eight Hundred One Chop House. Now, Eight Hundred One is based in Des Moines. Uh, but they really have invested. I mean, if you look at the number of seats in these two restaurants, they're the biggest restaurant operator in downtown Minneapolis. When you add up all those seats, what what you know, when they first reached out to you guys, what what did you look and say, like, what are you guys doing in downtown? What what's going on with these Des Moines guys? Yeah, you know, we uh, we took a look, and uh, you know, we but before seeing the establishments, it was kind of like, okay, well. These guys feel pretty confident in in, in this city. Number one, uh, number two, uh, the details are really important to them. I mean, you go take a look at our restaurants. A lot of intricate details, a lot of small things that a lot of other restaurants might overlook. Uh, but I immediately believed and and got behind the mission and the goal, and that was to be the f- the the kind of front runners in the uh, regression of downtown Minneapolis. Trying to bring it back. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think we all want to see it, right? And Lawrence, you 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 get the opportunity to be back in uh, in that downtown space. And for you, Jeremy, you get, I mean, to be able to work with two different kind of the the seafood concept and the steak. Is it are, do you, do you create different types of desserts for each thing? Oh, absolutely! Like each restaurant will have its own menu that's curated to its clientele and its uh, ethos. Yeah. So, you know, having a steakhouse, we really focus on, like, really fun Americana with some flair. So it's approachable, yet maybe a little different and innovative. And fish, we really work on having things that are lighter and brighter to complement the work that Chef Florence creates with our savory menu. So that way that the dining experience is more curated for the entire restaurant. And you get to – I mean, obviously, there are other 801 chop houses and there are other 801 fish – 
Do how much ability do you guys have to put what you know your stamp on the menu uh, for both spots? Why don't you go first? Yeah, for eight hundred one fish, it's my like little pastry baby. So that menu is mine. It's all you. Cool. Yes, and then hopefully. With that, it'll lead to other opportunities into other cities to kind of help them advance their pastry programs as well. And then for CHOP, we, of course, have our, like, staple steakhouse classics of, like, chocolate cake, souffle, cheesecake. And then we have a nice little chef-curated menu that is specific per location. That's Jeremy and Telly, uh, the pastry chef. You were at Travail. Where else have you been that people would know? Um, I've been in Travail, and I was the executive pastry chef at the Lynn Hall on Lindale. Yeah. Um, and then before that, I was in Philadelphia. Nice. All right, we're going to take a break. We'll come back. We're going to hear your uh, three recommendations for other restaurants you both like to visit. Uh, and I want to know why there aren't more seafood restaurants in Minnesota. Is it because we're in the middle of the country? I don't know. I feel like the number one question people ask me is for seafood restaurant recommendations. And we don't have that many of them. So we'll talk about that as we continue to Russia Eats. Brought to you by the Minnesota Pork Board and Liquor Boy here on CCL. We have got the executive chef of 801 Fish, Lawrence Kirkland, along with the executive pastry chef, Jeremy Intelli, here on DeRussia Eats, brought to you by the Pork Board and Liquor Boy. Uh, I was just talking with Lawrence about the most, your favorite thing on your menu, and it is? It's got to be the whole fish. You do a whole fish, and uh, is it? Filleted, or do people kind of... It is strictly for enjoying and doing it yourself. I think that is one of the most important things about a whole fish. It's kind of one of those sit down at the table, you take a bite, I take a bite, we share. It's a a communal thing. Uh, Not to mention, just like, uh, you know, coming from Chop, where we had a lot of cuts uh, that were on the bone, that kind of as you cook with something on the bone, it introduces a little bit more of that bone flavor into the meat. Same goes with fish. Uh, you know, that, that beautiful bone structure of the fish keeps the fo- fish nice and moist. And, uh, yeah, it's just the best of both worlds, in my opinion. People are sometimes intimidated by cooking fish uh, at home. I, I like cooking fish. It does stink up the house. I mean, cooking fish stinks up the house. There's no escaping it. No, there's no escaping it. I think uh, – a lot of times it's in the oils or whatever that yeah. uh, are kind of floating in the air after you cook it. But, uh, you know, as long as you've got uh, plenty of uh, lemons nearby to kind of <laughs> <laughs> counteract right. that and, uh, you know, you make sure you uh, crack a window or such, uh, I think it usually dissipates. you, you worried about the whole fish. Minnesota is very much like people love salmon. I mean, obviously people know walleye. I don't really love walleye. I mean – at the risk of getting kicked out of Minnesota. <laughs> I think it's sort of a generic bland fish. Yeah, you better watch, watch how you talk about why. It's, it's good for frying, yeah. for sure. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm gonna, if you fry anything, I'm going to eat it. Yeah. Right, exactly. Like fair motto. I'm not a monster here. <laughs> but uh, what do you wish people would eat more of? Yeah, I wish people would uh, eat more whole fish. I wish whole people fish, would eat yeah. more oysters. Uh, it's just a, a really fun way to get started uh, with a meal is oysters. I mean, there's hundreds, probably hundreds and thousands of types of oysters at this point. I mean, one uh, square footage of area on a coast might have a different profile or terroir than another uh, area of a coastline. So uh, they're always fun, and uh, the names always kind of crack me up of the oysters. I don't know who's coming up with these names, but yeah. yeah. Jeremy, when it comes to dessert, I think often – 
you know, especially this time of year, it's, it can be a little more difficult to sell dessert as people are pretending that they're going to be healthier. What what do you what do you kind of what 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 do you say to people to to try to make them save room for dessert? <laughs> That's a great question. Um, this time of year, I always call it tropical fruit season. Mm. So giving people the option of desserts with more fruit. Yeah. Kind of then gives the illusion that it's healthier. Right. right. Um, and it's just sugar in another form. Shh. Yeah. <laughs> um, Correct. But I mean, my approach is like. I'm a very front-facing pastry chef, so like I love going out on the floor, talking with people, connecting with guests, and I think when guests see and hear a story of what their dessert is, or where it's coming from, or who's making it, then people oftentimes will be like, oh, I may have not thought about dessert. Are you influenced by uh, Instagram trends that that you see when it comes to dessert or pastry? Um, I think Instagram is a great spot for inspiration and influence but like for the type of food that we're creating here it doesn't necessarily like i'm not going to replicate an an instagram trend yeah yeah that makes sense it's it's just not that's not your restaurant no i mean we're americana with flair yeah and it's always okay to to take an idea and then put your special twist on it or kind of remix it which i think a lot of times is what a lot of us chefs do oh yeah Lawrence, why do you think there are more seafood restaurants in in Minnesota generally? I think the number one concern with seafood for a lot of people is freshness, right? I mean, we're talking about the most perishable of all uh, the proteins. So uh, there's probably uh, you know a lot of people that get turned away, seeing as we're pretty landlocked as far as oceans here in Minnesota. I think with uh, advances that we've seen in logistics and shipping and all of that, I mean, it's not uncommon for fish to be out of the water and into a restaurant within 24 hours. Uh, and I think that's that's where we're kind of excelling here is we're able to bring these species of fish and these cool things that people haven't seen before and have them, like I said, right in our lap uh, within 24 hours, which is really nice. Yeah, I, I think people have this goofy idea that if you're on the coast that you're you're getting seafood that, like, they just pulled out of the water. But they're really getting the seafood from the same place that everybody else is getting it, right? No. I mean, yes. I mean, there are definitely places that, like, that's their shtick. Like, we will harvest that day. For sure. Um, I mean, being from California, like, that was part of the the glory. Some of those places, for sure, right? But, yeah, I mean, no difference. Like, we get shipments in, I mean, I'm there the wee early hours of the morning, (laughs) accepting these fish and seafood orders that literally have, like, just come in from the East Coast. And I'm like, all right, you're here just as early as I am. <laughs> so so you know. I know you're fresh. You I'm know not, it's fresh. You are. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That's Jeremy Intelli, the executive pastry chef. Lawrence Kirkland is the executive chef at 801 Fish. Uh, let's get your recommendations. Three places that you'd like to visit that uh, are not your own company. Well, I, I like to start uh, probably a restaurant a lot of people here in Minnesota aren't too familiar with. Uh, my mother lives out in California. Uh, there is a wonderful place called Saltwood Grill uh, right by Monterey. That's where she lives at. And just they specialize specifically in wood-fired items. Mm. But the wood-fired grilled oysters that they have there are just to die for. Nice. They uh, have a couple different options for toppers and different kind of things you can spice up those wood-grilled oysters with. But the flavor translates so well to the oysters and uh just kind of ramps up uh how you're used to eating oysters uh, a little bit you know cool cool 
cool. So there, that would be one of them. What do you, what do you have? Jeremy, Jeremy, what do you think? I would say for like a local, a local spot. Um, you know, I always have a good sweet tooth. So some of my go-tos are Spoon and Stable with Chef Alex and Edward's Dessert Kitchen with Chef Jasmine. Um, you know, it's always nice to support other chefs in the cities as well. Yeah. Um, and just as much as I get inspiration from other people, gain inspiration from those around. Yeah. Here in the cities, uh, I do enjoy a bar Grassa. That's kind of one of my, uh, kind of one of my go-tos. Just, I just like the approachability and the consistency. And I'm a big uh, handmade pasta guy, and yeah. they always have a nice little selection of pastas there. So very good, yeah. awesome. You guys, thank you so much. Uh, we're cheering for you. I, I admire the investment in downtown, and. Uh, we need people who are setting up restaurants and businesses and saying, let's give it, let's, let's go, let's come back downtown. So it's nice to have you here. 801 Fish is good, guys. Uh, I've been twice now, and I think you're going to like it. Thank you, guys. Thank, Thank you. Thank you. Lawrence Kirkland and Jeremy Intelli from 801 Fish here in downtown Minneapolis. 432, we'll take a break. We'll do traffic and weather together. And then uh, I want to talk about things we want to leave behind in 2023. Topics, stories, what would you like to never hear again? Uh, Whether it's in your personal conversation or on this show. We'll do that when we come back on CCO. His karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams... Thanks for everything, Mom and Dad. ...will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. Nerds! Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Sometimes you need a change of pace. That includes your finances. Get smart with your budgeting with financial tips straight from the nerds. NerdWallet's trusted experts will set future you up for success by untangling today's web of financial misinformation. Learn about smart investing strategies, tax planning pointers, and travel tips to save on a fun family getaway. Maybe somewhere tropical? Spring ahead for smarter decisions in 2024. Follow NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else. So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball. And baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does. (laughs) Nine over eight. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. I've been noticing many of you are making in and out lists, things that are in for your 2024 and things you'd like out for 2023. Got me thinking about what we want out for this show, what topics when Dan sends me the list with things that we could talk about today, things that I wish would never be on the list again. 651-461-9226. 651-461-9226. What would you like to leave behind in 2023? Never to be spoken of again. For me, it is the work from home debate. I would like to be done 
with the work from home debate. I, I, I feel like I've said all I can say. No one's mind is going to be changed by work from home. People have decided that their personal free time perception of money saved increased flexibility for sure is real. Uh, that that is more important than filling office buildings or being around coworkers. And so, so be it. I, I don't feel like we need to debate it anymore. Do we like people are going to do what they're going to do. Why? What's the point? What do I have to offer? That's going to make somebody say, you know what? Hadn't considered that. I've said all my things. (laughs) Will I talk about it again? Probably. I mean, just because I've said what I've had to say doesn't mean that I'm going to stop. (laughs) But I I feel like I wish that one would go away. Yeah. How about you, Dan? I think a corollary to that one is the labor shortage story being Mm. reduced to nobody wants to work anymore. (laughs) Uh, yes. Over our break there, that we hit was the dirty jobs guy. I forget, Mike Rowe uh, was quoted as saying that, you know, work ethic doesn't exist anymore. It's no longer held up as a virtue in America, uh, which I think is just garbage. It's a completely garbage take. I do think what we have now is generations of younger people who don't see what they're able to produce as central to their value as human beings. There's just a different approach. Mm-hmm. The boomer generation and even our generation and Generation X, to a degree, you felt lucky to have a job. Yeah. And yeah. I think this younger generation now is like, no, 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 wait a minute. Actually, they're lucky to have me too. And it's more of a balanced situation. I think what we find now is that people aren't willing to work for peanuts. They're not willing to do backbreaking work for very little pay anymore. Yeah. And where yeah. certain industries have sort of built themselves on an economic model of being able to pay people peanuts for backbreaking work. It's not that people don't want to work anymore. They're just not going to do it for that bottom barrel price. I like that. I think you're right. Uh, Mike Rowe is responding to the Wayfair CEO who is sort of glorifying the fact that, like, working long hours is not anything to shy away from. Some of that, I think, is sort of interesting, this idea of, like, our generation, for sure, Gen X, like, we glorified, like, ah, the grind mentality. Like, I worked hard. I I worked long. And I I do wish, you know, we, we go in these wild swings. So it's like working hard and grinding it out, and that's the only way to get to the top. And now it's like, Working hard is for suckers who are capitalist pigs. And you're like, you know, like some people want to work long hours and some people don't. And can you rise to the top following both of those techniques? Uh, No, probably not. Well, I mean, probably not. If you're able to build a better mousetrap. If you have the idea, if you can do it without having you know to work eighty hours a week, but not everybody has to rise to the top. No, that's all. That's just that's it either. You know, I think that's okay. What do you want to leave behind? Six five one four six one nine two two six. 
Going to a middle school and a high school, half the kids don't want to work. Easy way out. Yeah, I don't now, buy that at all. I'm sorry. I just don't. I, I, I would say, like, I notice a difference in my 16-year-old's generation, their attitude towards work as compared to what I saw with my 18-year-old. So even so, this stuff, like, you see it change among friend groups. Sure. You, so it's very difficult to, to generalize based on your high school or your friend group. Who knows? I, and, you know, and again, I don't I don't argue that the attitude towards work in some younger people is different. Yeah. But the the obvious implication for they just don't want to work is, oh, they're just it's lazy silly. and privileged and all this stuff. Silly. And I don't I don't I just dismiss that utterly. I think that's complete. That's a complete missing of the point of how younger folks are looking at work these days. Six, five, one, four, six, one, nine, two, two, six. I would never like to hear Donald Trump's name again. That's the obvious one, right? Yeah. I mean, I think we all, if we could just say, I think we have, line through Biden, Trump. We have 12 we tags that say Trump. Yeah. I would love to never hear Trump. Trump and Biden. Yeah. Two words, Donald Trump. That's coming from a guy whose name is Donald John. Oh, there you go. <laughs> well, look, we got 11 months and one of those names will not be heard from. Well, I shouldn't even necessarily say that. There is that. I think... You know, I've been thinking about this a lot, like in this year that is going to be a highly contentious presidential election year. How do we make sure that this show is like responsive to what's going on, but not obsessed about what's going on? It's a fair. So that's sort of a fair goal. That's what I'm shooting for, where we will talk about what's going on. But I, I, I want to not chase the outrage of the day. We'll see. Some days I'm lazy and I think like, let's just talk about the outrage of the day. Well, I mean, there's, there is that, but I mean, I think folks, a lot of people feel that way. No, if we just, I just don't want to talk about it. I just don't want to hear about it. Anymore. I'm so tired. And yet what is the constant response? Mm. Right. I mean, what do people respond to? And those are the things that they yeah, respond to. Right. And part of our jobs here is to talk about what people are talking about. Yeah. And you can say you don't want to hear about it, but I'm guessing, and you'll maybe tell me I'm wrong, but that a lot of those people that don't want to talk about it, if they go to you know their holiday parties or whatever, what was a subject of conversation amongst family and friend members over those holidays? I'm going to guess there's a lot of situations where you know that the presidential race comes up. I just yeah. I think people yeah. respond to it. It's the most important single political position in the world. So we have to address it to just say, well, I don't, you know, I, I agree with your goal of saying I don't want to over obsess about it. Right. And it's not a minor deal. Either. No, no. You you have to talk about it. Yes. But it is an interesting challenge in in a time where you say, all right, we're a news talk station. We talk about the news. But we also talk about life. We talk about whatever we want to talk about. And so what is, where do we want to be on that? What's the correct balance? Yeah, I don't know. It's a it's, we, we think about it, talk about it every day. That's right. 651-461-9226. Well, one texter said, all right, maybe I do want to hear Donald Trump's name again when he's put in jail. <laughs> You're like, all right. <laughs> but that is going to be a huge topic of conversation. I don't think he's going to. I doubt. Not, not that he's going to end up in jail. But yeah. There's, those trials are going yeah. to come to a head. Yeah. And there is going to be some sort of consequence in one way or the other. This is interesting. This texter 
doesn't want to hear any more discussion on tipping. Such a tired, lazy talk show topic. So I, I struggle with this. Sure. Because I actually agree with this person. I think the degree that people talk about in hand ring over tipping is to me, a, it's crazy. Like, yeah. People are really, like, people, generally speaking, are very annoyed at how often they're asked to tip. And I don't love that no matter where you go, the little computer prompts you to tip 18, 20, or 25%. Right. But you know what I do? I just hit custom tip and put in what I want. Or I hit no tip. Yeah. You are in control. If you don't want to do it, don't do it. If you don't like the fees, don't go to that restaurant. So I hear the, the, what the texture is saying and what you're saying. And I want to say, kind of, not even so much in our defense, but I think it's legitimate to talk about in the sense that the culture around tipping is changing. That's right. And we're not just saying, we got nothing to talk about today, let's throw out tipping. It's, there are specific stories, there are specific yeah. changes, there are things people are reacting to that we're addressing. It's like talking about the self-checkout lanes. Yep. You know, you want to say that that's, you, you can make that similar yeah, argument. Yeah, yeah, And it has significantly changed, changed how people do retail. That's right. And, and tipping is, you're exactly right. Yeah. Because I am still amazed. Can I isolate that, Brad? Can you just get that part? <laughs> you just, I'm sorry. You're exactly right, Dan Cook. Because people are still very confused about what they're supposed to do about tipping. And so policies change, things change. So I, I, I get where this text is coming from. It is where my gut on this is, and people want to talk about it. 449, we're going to take a break. We will come back and talk about a big day today. It is national, it's World Introvert Day. Back in a minute on CCO. It's a big day today, big day. And to celebrate... We would like uh, just to get you fired up for, well, let's listen to Big Voice Guy. This Tuesday, 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 it's the day you've been telling everyone you can't wait to celebrate alone in your house. It's World Introverts Day. Yay. Skip that work happy hour and sit alone in silence. <laughs> Stock up on food and drink to celebrate at the self-checkout. Even better, order online so you don't have to accidentally make human contact. Ugh. Then, log on to social media to complain that you're always overlooked. And if Someone tries to pay attention to you. Curl up in a ball and hide in a corner. It's World Introverts Day. Let's party alone, quietly, in a manner of our own choosing. Can you go now? My name is Dan Cook, and I approve this message. Yeah, it's going to be a big night for you. There, were... I, I do want to object to the part about going on social media there and complaining about being overlooked. I don't, I don't do that. You don't do. That. I don't do that. No. There are many. The rest of it's spot on. <laughs> There are many articles that I read today. Five things you should do on World Introvert Day. Love it. Plan some alone time. Conduct an energy audit. <laughs> oh, introverts. We, we, we're bemused by you. We're enriched by you. And we wish you all of the alone time to celebrate tonight.
His karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams, thanks for everything, Mom and Dad, will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. Nerds! Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Sometimes you need a change of pace. That includes your finances. Get smart with your budgeting with financial tips straight from the nerds. NerdWallet's trusted experts will set future you up for success by untangling today's web of financial misinformation. Learn about smart investing strategies, tax planning pointers, and travel tips to save on a fun family getaway. Maybe somewhere tropical? Spring ahead for smarter decisions in 2024. Follow NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else. So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball. And baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does, (laughs) nine over eight. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.